0: You can now support the show by subscribing by clicking the support button for 99 cents a month, four ninety nine a month, and or 99 a month. Anyone who subscribes, I deeply appreciate it. And those who already are, you the real ones. Alrighty. Welcome back to another From the Stash podcast. I'm your host, James Davis McAllister, and today's guest is former lead guitarist of Mushroom Head, current lead guitarist of a band named Crea Diaz. Dave gravy Felton. Thanks for joining the show, man. I appreciate it.
1: Right on. Glad to be here.
0: So, um, we'll start out with the elementary questions, get those out of the way. Um, what made you want to play guitar first and foremost? What, what was the deciding factor that you were like, I'm going to play guitar.
1: One more time. I had a phone call coming through at the same time and it blocked you right out.
0: Oh, you're fine. Um, Okay. I'm going to start with the elementary questions real quick. Yeah, uh, what was, what was the deciding factor that made you want to play guitar and you're like, okay, I'm going to play guitar.
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I grew up listening to a lot of rock stuff, you know, everybody in my family was, you know, I was always listening to records and rock stuff and stuff like that, you know? And, and, uh, you know, so I always heard a lot of cool things growing up and, and, uh, I couldn't really decide on drums or guitar, but I think it—I I think it, it had to be uh, probably a combination of Ace Frehley and, and Randy Rhodes made the guitar thing happen.
0: Okay, got yeah. So, did you have like friends that maybe influenced you to pick up the guitar, or was it just something you decided that you wanted to do because of you know people like Ace Frehley?
1: Yeah, no, I didn't have any any friends i didn't really nothing like that happened till after i started playing as far as like meeting other guys and having friends that played guitar you know there there was a couple guys in school that would uh that would kind of be you know they found out you played guitar and they would come up and they would like talk shit (laughs) to try to intimidate (laughs) you 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 know right like my brother's better than you or, you know, this other guy came up to me one time. He's like, I know every chord. I don't know. You know, why do you even bother? You know? And it's like, what right. The, what the hell is wrong Such with a these douchey guys? Move. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, what the
0: fuck? Like, no, 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 even but if I, you, even you, that's so stupid.
1: Yeah. No, it, it was, it was, well, th- there was a talent show coming up. So, and I, I was playing the talent show. So people, I think they the, thought it was like a competition wasn't
0: but oh okay it wasn't it was just just just
1: a regular guy yeah (laughs) so after that i ended up being friends with like all of those guys so it was kind of funny but but before that you know i mean i always had like a guitar thing you know what i mean like my mom actually made a picture she she re got she got a, a, a an old picture printed when i was like probably two or three and i had this plastic guitar like you know i guess i used to i i didn't I couldn't be without it when I was a kid. So
0: so she instilled that in your head as a, as a little boy, I guess. Yeah. I don't <laughs> you, know. I don't you know, know.
1: Subconsciously. <laughs> I don't know where I got it, but yeah, like, I mean, I, I was always into the music thing cause they were, yeah. you know, all my aunts and uncles and everybody was always listening to music. So it was always same. Was,
0: yeah, same yeah. here. My mo- my mother used to run a club uh, when I was younger. It was a country music club. It's called the dusty armadillo now, but back then it was the ballroom. And, um, that's, uh, absolutely was the number one factor in me uh, wanting to be a vocalist and doing vocals yeah so i think it's weird how that works you know i think subconsciously kind of are ingrained in your you know head or your or your mind or whatever it may be
1: yeah it was just you know the uh the whole you know like big rock shows you start seeing you know i'd look at all the albums you know i'd open up these albums and uh look at all the you know the art and shit and the, all that stuff from the like the album covers and the the inside sleeves and the ones that folded open the live but double live albums and stuff that you know you'd see all that stuff as a kid and you're just like whoa that's that's well, it's awesome you were in the heyday
0: of it i got it yeah you were in the heyday of it too because you're what how if you don't mind me asking how old are you now i'm like 50 50 so yeah you're yes. you're growing up in the in the prime heydays of guitar gods like you know the becoming of guitar gods well yeah there was i mean when
1: i was when i was a kid kid you know like little kid there was there wasn't any jimi hendrix was was it right you know and you know i mean i guess santana and that alvin lee guy from 10 years after was like they were considered like guitar gods you know there was other ones and you know of course, Which, you, know, you get it's, your Jimmy Page's and Tony Iommi's and then, then the Van Halen's and everybody after that. you know. Right. So. Well, it, it's weird,
0: uh, you know, because, uh, and it's not me, because I am a big fan of you and, and, and your work, but, like, you you as yourself were a revolutionary, whether you realize it or not. I mean, the whole genre of Mushroomhead, especially when it came out, I mean, not so much now, and we'll get into that a little later, but uh, the whole, you know, They were just. There were were probably the most genre bending band that. And I know you weren't the original guitarist, but when you had became a part of it, it it was it was almost like what you hear now with what we call metalcore, like what I do. It was like that, but with industrial and then also like uh, electric electronic components. So you almost revolutionized because there's a lot of bands like that now, you know. And, And I really truly think that you guys paved the way for that wholeheartedly. I was telling my mom last night and I was like, you know, this will be the biggest interview I've done yet. And, um, I was like, not only that, I, I I mean, it'll be a big interview period because I mean a lot of the questions that I'll ask you today and they're not going to all be negative and shit like that, but, uh, you know, people have never heard the answers to, and you guys have a cult like following, but it's a cult like following on another level. Um, I, in fact, I posted a questionnaire in one of the mushroom groups I'm a part of and, so many questions came from people and i I was you know from everywhere you know all over the world and it was it was really um i mean i knew that but it was kind of you know shocking that you know it's still you guys that well you're not a part of them anymore and i'll shut up after this let you talk but you know that that people still to this day are so anxious in these answers of you know shit that went down with the band or whatever and 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 again, I, I appreciate you coming on here because I mean, I've tried to. I've, I've found a couple
1: interviews with you and stuff, but they're very slim to none. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> you know, we weren't all allowed to do interviews back in the day. It Whoa. was, it, it was, you know, there was a couple guys. Why? In, there was a couple guys in charge, and they did everything, and and that's just how it was. Right. We all know who one of them is. And I won't put him yeah. on blast, but that's crazy. You know, I, mean, I did I, not know that. Well, I mean, I did like guitar interviews, stuff like that. If it was, you know, if somebody wanted to talk about that type of stuff with me. Right. Stuff. But nothing about the band. Yeah. Yeah. But what, yeah, when like a new record would come out or whatever, there was a couple of people that were allowed to do interviews and the rest of us had to shut up, which is like, which is kind of ridiculous. You know, I mean, I've got friends and stuff and it, you know maybe they're just biased because we're I'm, I'm more friends with them but they're like you're the you're the guy with the personality you're the one that's a smart ass and you're funny and you you you're to the point and you're honest about stuff you should be doing all the interviews you know fuck those other guys with their candy coated bullshit answers that don't make sense <laughs> you know i mean it, it's just it's, it's right a real,
0: uh, real like written out
1: scripted answers yeah, yeah you know it's like i'm always kind of around and stuff with, with, with shit for the most part, but a lot more back then, you know, it kind of mellowed out with age a little bit maybe, but it's, uh, <laughs> I, I still like to, you know, goof around a little bit, but that's probably why I wasn't allowed to do stuff because it would have, you know, there would have been fart jokes and gay jokes and, you know,
0: <laughs> tits and pussy yeah.
1: would have been added in there instead. you know, who knows, right. who, who knows right. when, you know but whatever
0: doesn't okay so let's dive into your first band what was your first live experience like and who was it with like was it a cover band was it a group of your friends
1: very first live thing like i kind of mentioned it before was that talent show i did right in high school you know they, they they made a big deal about it they had two shows you know one uh the early part of the day was for upperclassmen, and the second half of the day was for, like, the lower classes. Like ninth. I think that, that school started at eighth grade, so it was, like, eighth, ninth, and tenth. And then 11th and 12th was in the morning or, or whatever. But um, I got together with these guys. They heard I was playing, and we covered Crazy Train because that was right about when that came out. I think I was, like, 14 or 15 years old. I had been playing guitar for about six months, and, um, you know, we went out there and did it. And, you know, I didn't play the song totally right. You know, now, you know, later on, I figured out, it's like, oh, shit, you didn't even play that tune right, dude. You know, but most of it... Well,
0: that's a legendary guitar guitar riff man it was you know kind well, that of outside of its
1: well the box, main lick you know? and everything was right but you know some of the solos was wrong and some of the chords weren't exactly right so right but there it wasn't was, youtube videos it, it was, well <laughs> it, i mean for a kid that was playing guitar for six months it was very legible oh jesus you know yeah. was that
0: zach wilde on
1: that no that was randy rhodes who's randy rhodes that's yeah. right sorry for my ignorance
0: for that but yeah I, I, right. I
1: wasn't sure if it was no that was the that was the, the first single that's kind of the tune that got ozzy back on the on the horse for the most part as far as being while
0: we're on that topic what was Ozfest like that was one of the questions submitted by a fan um like not to cut you off or anything but what was that like it was what 2002 right
1: uh yeah i think that's the year we did it it was it was cool we did it we did it in the states and europe um, we were on rotating stage stages in the states, which means you know, there's like there was 10 or so bands that played the side stage and, right. And um, when we got on it, like we the, the label split it with us. like we did the West Coast and I think the band Flaw was on uh, they were on the label with us and they did the East Coast. So when we got on it, um, we started in the middle of the rotation, so we were playing, you know, some somewhere in the afternoon, you know, like two or three o'clock, maybe something like that. Although I kind of remember it being earlier, like the, I think the very first, the very first spot was like ten or eleven in the morning, like Warp Tour is. Yeah, yeah I like, got gotcha. you. You know, I it's see like, what you mean. It's yeah. like right when the doors open, you start playing. Oh, I man. because. Cause I remember when we got around the rotation and we started back at the bottom, uh, that's what it was like. I mean, we were up early, everything was going, um, I bet you know, those are fun. <laughs> the, 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 well, it, it was, it was, it was very cool and rewarding and it was a lot of fun, but it was also real hectic because you only had like, like a, I think it was like a seven or 10 minute changeover between bands so they oh, have wow, you guys have fucking tons it, of it, equipment yeah but we didn't do it wasn't like a full show type thing you know it's like you, you, oh. you could um they have it set up so like your drums are already on a stage right you right that, you back right the, the, so everything's backlined. the 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 drums the, the drum stage is a rotating thing so it's like they wheel your drums off they wheel the other drums on um whatever you know Gear cabinets and amps and all that shit Get wheeled off so the next band's shit Is right there and then they just Microphone so everything was like Pre-planned and done by the numbers So um, that part of it Was hectic the the worst part about it Was it like you couldn't really get good Sound because I've always
0: said that about outside places There's no acoustics
1: yeah you're Outside it's different every day And uh, you're at the Mercy of your sound guy and and Whoever it is is got a a pretty hefty task ahead of them right it was, and it's got to uh, be know,
0: rushed it's not like you can do a pre-show sound check or whatever you, right, know? Yeah, like you yeah, I get like, out there
1: boom exactly it was uh that that's that was the worst part because you didn't know how what you were going to sound like and it was the same yeah. thing with monitors like your monitor mixes were all over the place so and for a guitarist
0: that's i mean I, i'm not a, i'm not a guitarist or anything but i know you know from my experience of working with them being in bands with them i mean monitors are like number one You've well, got to be able to hear uh, your you know, uh, your
1: rhythm guitar shit like that Well, it's it's not even that It's like, if you don't hear the drums What rhythm are you following? You know what true. I mean? Very, if, true. You yeah, know, very so as, true So as long as I can hear the drums I'm 100% fine
0: I don't need to hear And your drummer's are your brother So you guys are like, probably yeah, we, I mean, I don't know You guys already had, I'm sure, some sort of, you know That kinship where you can look at each other And just be like, yeah,
1: you know yeah, well there that's what I mean. It's like if you can get certain cues from a vocal and you hear you have the rhythm, you know, whatever, you're you're fine. You'll get through it. It won't it won't be as fun, you know, when you're hearing everything, you know, everything sounds good and it's kick ass up. You, there. Didn't yeah. you didn't have
0: any ears? You didn't have any ear monitors for that? no wow that's kind of surprising Uh, i I figured you guys would have first you know well that
1: was that was kind of that was kind of a new thing then and they were expensive oh okay gotcha gotcha i don't think that was in the budget for all of us to have that but someone still has to mix it true this is very true so it doesn't
0: matter like even if they are in ears,
1: the shit mix yeah if you got in-ears then you're really stuck because with with just the stage monitors like if i can't hear drums i could walk over by the drums right Right, I, I could hear him or I could at least see him hitting the snare drum so I could follow his rhythm just by, you know, how watching him play, you know, right. So, you, it, it, but it, it was only like that a couple of times for the most part, it was pretty decent, but it was a, it was a lot of fun, dude. I mean, all that activity, all those people.
0: Yeah, that was a good those, ass lineup. I remember a lot of the bands on that. Actually, Chevelle. that's yeah, where yeah, Chevelle yeah. got their big break. Was that uh, the Used? Yeah, that's where they had their big break. Was that? Um, I remember El Nino Let's was a band that was on that. Down, down in
1: Mashuga. Headliners. Yeah, yeah, yeah Mashuga and Hate Breed. You know. We, we kind of, we
0: sorry, sorry, you were cutting were up a little bit. Bunker. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you're much better now. Yeah, just cut out real quick. You just you just said Hatebreed, and then it just kind of went all uh, robot like. I was like, son of a bitch, I got a good connection right now.
1: <laughs> okay, no, they were yeah. Hatebreed was on the same label as us, and they were one of the headliners too. What label? Just because Universal. Universal. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't,
0: yeah. All right. Okay. Not that was so. Go, go ahead. Finish what you were saying. <laughs> oh no! It was
1: because they were there. there you go. more established for a longer time. Yeah.
0: yeah they i remember i liked them back in the day um i was always a fan of them and i like people always compared them to pantera but myself i was never a pantera fan i always thought they're highly overrated um and i know that we had spoke before and you and you have a little like sort of i guess of a pantera type of story but um if you'd like to expand on that, if you remember what I'm talking about, that would be awesome.
1: About uh, Pantera, about well when you guys were coming up. Well, first of all, I don't think Hatebreed is anything like Pantera. Me either. I mean, I really don't that either personally. I don't, personally. <laughs> I, I don't either. But a lo- I mean, compared a, a lot, lot of people. Well, a lot of people compared Lamb of God to Pantera too, and it's and they're nothing like Pantera either, except for maybe some uh, Mark Morton's Southern style of guitar solos. But all right. Even then it's not really that that close of a comparison tone wise or song wise or anything like that. But you no, know, Pantera when <clears throat> like later uh later on in the in my music career I was doing a band called Hatrix and that was with Skinny and Jeff. And and it was sort of on the progressive side, but it you know, it it, it I don't know, it, it kind of covered some you know different metal genres at the Sorry, you cut the time. out again. You cut out. You cut out again. Oh, sorry. I'm I'm driving through weeds oh, again, so here, but I'm, I'm I'm coming up to a spot where I'm going to be good. I'm going to I'm going to park it here for a minute so we can get this thing solidified here. But um yeah, I'm, I know um, Hatrix. I'm very familiar with Hatrix. Yeah, that's that was me Jeff and Skinny and uh bass player Kevin Skelly who I played in the cover band with for Twenty-five years, too, um, but the but the hatred stuff. You know, we were we were doing starting to do pretty good around Cleveland, and then Pantera kind of kind of uh, you know they released Cowboys from Hell and they did their thing, and people started saying, you know, you got to hear this band Pantera. They sound a lot like you guys, which was you know, it was it, it was groove power metal with like flash musicianship, which, you know, Hatrix was a lot of flash musicianship, like cool, cool rhythmic stuff, you know, uh, a lot of shredding on the drums. I was doing crazy stuff on guitar, all kinds of like, you know, harmonies, uh, fast harmonies and sweep arpeggios, two handed stuff. It just, all the, all the influences, all my influences were kind of packed into that band. And, um, and then later, you know, come to find out that, you know, Dimebag's about the same age as me, and he's, we, we had like the same influences, you know, Van Halen, Randy Rhodes, you know, and all that cool stuff that was happening in the 80s when we were kids, you know.
0: Right. And understandably so. Here, so yeah. Like I come to find yeah, that out so,
1: with people. So, so that's, that's why, you know, like the, the similarities to me and Dimebag, we, I've always got comparisons to that dude. Not, not so much for the mushroom head stuff. Like certain rhythms of songs in Mushroom uh songs, people would be like, that's Pantera But then when we released the Creedia stuff, you know, and I was ripping solos over that stuff, people are like, wow, that's, that was cool. That's, even two on six,
0: even two on six, like the hardcore riffs, some of the hardcore riffs and the way like the breakdowns were per se, um, it reminded me a
1: lot of, of that style. The more, aggressive- yeah, that, that got it. That got it too. That was, um, you know, I, I, I was into uh Crowbar and Fear Factory and stuff like that too. So in those bands I'm sure, you know, they're they're bagging from Black Sabbath and each other as well. So it was all kind of a circle of like Oh absolutely bad, badass riffs and rhythms, you know, that uh-huh. you can't really pinpoint like a certain thing. But yeah. You know, you get you get your dime bag, you get your Dino from Fear Factory you know, you get all that stuff going on and you're listening to all this cool metal. So that, you know, that's a lot where like the two six stuff kind of came from that more so than Pantera, but definitely Pantera. So did you ever well. get to play with Pantera? Did you ever have an opportunity? The, well, no, no. And that, and that's, that's the story I'm getting to is like when Hatrix was doing real good, we got offered to open for every single band. Basically that like the, 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 the harder metal stuff that would play at this one club and Pantera was coming. And at the time, none of us knew who the hell they were. They were brand spanking new. We hadn't heard any tunes yet. And all I knew of them was from these fanzines when they were like a kind of a glam metal band. I, I had all these metal fanzines that, uh, that uh, a buddy of mine would get. From like California and from overseas and stuff like that, and he would give them to me to, to let me know about like all these unknown metal bands and Pantera there was a picture of them and a big write up and the and the picture was awful, you know they had like spandex jumpsuits and, chains, oh and band- chains and bandanas and makeup i mean and they looked like gayer than poison you know so right. I, and, that's and and crazy. the 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 first I'll never forget it, dude. The first line in the first paragraph of the review of Pantera was this may be the gayest band on the planet. Wow. Wow! So they did Imagine a change. Imagine doing that the, now. <laughs> they, they Well, they did a change for the better, but, but none of us knew at the time. And then when we got offered to open for them, we were all like, nah, we'll, we'll pass on that one. Oh, wow. But we, but we opened for like Exodus and um you know Trouble bunch of other like really kick-ass metal bands that were established I mean we opened for a lot of them we opened for uh Fight Rob Halford with Fight and Pantera was the one that Pantera was the one that we passed on and we we to this day that's one of my biggest regrets right well of course you didn't know in hindsight right you know so i mean that's a message
0: all you musicians out there now man don't don't uh don't judge a book by its cover literally
1: right know, well that's what i mean like we were you know we were young we were in our 20s early 20s we were cocky we were doing good the band you know we were solid rhythmically we were solid with our songwriting we were solid with our musicianship you know what i mean so so we were we were young hungry and and cocky you know and it's like i read that this was the gayest band on the planet i don't want to open for them and here they they turn out to be the coolest one of the coolest metal bands on the planet you know personally and musically and and we blew it we made a bad decision and like i said i still kind of regret that to this day it's like fuck because everybody we jammed with too you know it's like i i talked to all the dudes about amps and playing and shredding and you know all the influences of you know the fun stuff we listen to, you know, and the other guys. I, I'm not a big weed smoker, but the other guys um, smoked a lot of weed, so that everybody connected that way. And if we would have if we would have hung out with Pantera, I could just I could see like me and Dime just, just saying the same shit about you know the the road stuff, Randy Rhodes and Van Halen and Quiet Riot, and you know all those kick ass bands that we liked. You know, growing up, that would have been a that would have been a total thing. So it's like not only just to share the stage, but I I know that like like some camaraderie would have would have come out of right. that, right? You know, who
0: knows? You know, uh, the the uh, uh, a Diaz type of thing could have been born or something. You know, out of out of that experience. Like, who you know? that's right. what I mean.
1: Like, who who knows? I mean, not not that you know, being you know, making friends with those guys at that gig would have launched us into the stratosphere or anything. But it, who knows? Right, maybe, you never maybe, know. Maybe, I mean, yeah. Maybe that you know, somewhere down the line, you know, we would have stayed in touch with those guys, and they would have been like, "Hey, come on this tour with us."
0: Right, exactly. Or, you know, That's who knows? Hindsight,
1: right? Again, the hindsight. Yeah. Well,
0: on this topic, then, because I was going to ask you this question anyway. Um, who was your favorite band to tour with, or or even it could be five. It doesn't matter. But who were bands that you always enjoyed? I know there were some that you shared the road with a lot. Uh, Head P being one of them. But yeah, um, who were who were uh, some of your favorite bands that that you shared the road with?
1: Um, well, there there was a <laughs> we had a lot of fun with the Dope guys. The Dope, yeah, the, wow, the band I remember Dope, that. yeah, yes, they, of they, course, they, they were a lot of fun. You know, they they were like a kind of a, a an industrial metal version of kind of like a sleazy's eighty band, like a Motley Crew. So it was like <laughs> there was always some kind of like hijinks going on with those cats. You know, if you watch the DVDs, um, yeah I did. I you did. know, there's you know, there there's a lot of footage of goofing around with those dudes. So we always had it we always had fun with them. You know, head PE was cool. Um definitely. Uh there was a band called Gizmachi. And, I, I'm from yeah I'm familiar with the name, not their music but the name. Um yeah they were real cool. We had a lot of a, a lot of fun with those dudes uh the singer is a do, do you remember on the volume two dvd the cardboard viking armor section where we're sword fighting stuff by the yes by the road yes. <laughs> yes i do <laughs> that was um but two of those guys were on our crew and the other guy was was uh sean the singer from Giz- Gizmachi. so mm-hmm. yeah we 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 had you know we had some fun with those dudes it was it was cool um, you know. uh, okay. So on this topic,
0: um, wh- uh, what was, it? give me just a couple or one of the, one of your most fond memories of the road, whether it be a fan coming up to you and being like, hey, you know, you've done this for me, or uh, whatever it may be. Um, if you can think of one off the top of your head, because I'm sure you have thousands of them, um, just shoot a couple of good mem- fond memories you've had on the road or even at home, you know, at Peabody's or wherever, just from a show in general, um, something that
1: impacted you, you that you'll always remember. It's 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 hard to say, man, because there is an imagine there there's a ton of just like little moments. Like I can't really think of like one thing that was like. That 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 was really stood out. Actually, you know what? There is one thing that there's one thing that stands out, but it's but it's 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 um it's it's kind of an odd thing. Like two two one six opened for shroom at uh the agora theater it was you know the the halloween show big halloween show that that we would do every year and and 216 was i i I think it was kind of even unannounced like we didn't even tell anybody that we were gonna open so it was um like i remember plugging into my amp and walking out, like hitting a cord and just walking out to like the front of the stage, uh, like with my arms up, like you hear that? Listen to that fucking rig. It's fucking badass, you know. <laughs> and and walking out to the front of the stage, just just like holy shit, like it's this sounds really good. All right, that's heavy. But I walked out to the front of stage and I just put my fucking hands up, and you know a lot of people recognize me. Um, but everybody started coming out, you know, walking out and people start realizing like holy fuck like that's two one six so i saw like people were running down the aisles you know what i mean like the like i could see excitement on people's faces and there was people running down the aisles to get up front to me that was like like the like a pantera moment like when you watch their right. home, like their home videos and stuff like that with those giant crowds and all that shit like to me, it was like, holy shit, this is this is my Pantera movement. Like, even though Shroom was big and it was our crowd and the whole thing, like playing with Shroom just didn't have, the, didn't feel like that to me. Like, I didn't get that. Um, you know, uh, like Shroom, right, well, I, Shroom is like its own I, thing. It's not like like Pantera is Dimebag and Vinny and Phil and Rex. You know what I right. mean? Right like mushroom heads at theatrical production it, mu- it literally well, is that, well that's so, what i mean mushroom head even though people love certain band members and stuff we know from experience that it can be anybody and it'll go on and nobody really you look at them now look at them now
0: not throwing shade but look at them now you know i mean they got fortunately they have you know your brother and um, j-man but yeah i can imagine that being that way for you because it also shows a little bit of valid like gives you a little bit of validity towards yourself like you know like whoa dude like, these people right. really fuck with me because it was, what, you, Pig, Venus, uh, your brother, Skinny, and J-Man,
1: right? right. Yeah, so that's, yeah and, so that's what I so, mean. Like, that was out of all the OzFests, out of all the, like, other festival tours and all the, you know, the one-off mayhem things and what all the big shit we did, that that moment with 216 was, I'm I'll just call it my Pantera moment. Like, that was, like like holy shit this is cool and every 216 gig was kick ass we would play peabody's here in cleveland and it would be right i I saw you guys several times yeah i mean it was just you used to play the the band called resist yeah i remember that band you were in
0: that yeah you guys used to no 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 no. you guys used to play with them you played with them (laughs) like two or three different times at um uh at peabody's i do believe a couple of their members ended up being in vantana if i'm not mistaken yeah probably um, i don't know that's a, i know
1: i i had nothing to do with booking any of the openers or right well like i can that, imagine
0: so. i can imagine not right yeah well they were good resist was awesome i became a fan from that actually because they had opened for you guys but right i just I, I always remember first time i saw you guys at peabody's 216 that is and seeing you guys without your masks and stuff it was just like to me i was like i think 14 to me it was like because i mean no joke, man. Like I got a tattoo when I was 15 years old, and it's the mushroom red symbol on my on my uh, right shoulder. So, like, to me, to see that, like, you guys got your mask and stuff, it was like so surreal. I get goosebumps talking about it still this day. You know, like right up front, and you guys got your mask. Like it was just, it was a, it was almost like back in the day when Jim Morrison used to turn around you know on stage and yeah. like all the fucking women would pass out. I was kind of <laughs> like that for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cuz it was like That's you guys true. were so mysterious. Right. Like and and you guys are my favorite band. I mean, and still to this day <clears throat> the work that you did with them um well the the work that you and J man are a part of that you got the CDs that you guys have made together uh, with Jeffrey along with Jeffrey I'm um, like I saw I saw Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um Double X, um Super Buick um, self-titled, those CDs to me are still, I love them. You know, like they're still in my top CDs of all time. Yeah. Like you guys are kind of like my generations and, and you may not think this, but you guys are in a way are my generations Pink Floyd, right? Yeah. Because you guys were so, you were theatrical. It was, you know, different uh, genre bending uh, talent all the way around, all the way across the board. All of you guys are extremely talented. And so Like I said, just to see that, you know, it was it was just like, whoa, like holy shit, there, you know, it seemed because I didn't look at you guys as real people. Does that make sense? You guys were like, you know, like superheroes for sale. Well, well, yeah, dude,
1: I mean, I get it because you know when I went to concerts, um, it it was different for me because I didn't go to when I went to concerts, I went to the Cleveland Coliseum or Public Hall or something like that where there was ten thousand people. You know what I mean? So. So the dude on stage who we were going to see was even like larger than life and more mysterious and crazier than going to like for you going to Peabody's where, you know, you're literally 20 feet away or 10 feet away or, you know, right. as cool. close as you want to be. If that. You wanna... I was right up on that stage. Yeah, well, that's what I, mean I remember I cracked a rib. That's what I mean. I is. cracked a rib that show. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you want to if you want to get, you know, 10 inches from the fucking band, you know, you can. It's it's it, it. these people can be reached in my day. Those people couldn't be reached. I mean, you had to go through some some like heavy duty tactics to to get backstage or to even meet these people. You know, it was not an easy thing to do because right. all of the people well, uh, I came so, up on were already like arena rockers. You know what I mean? It was it was a right, totally different right. thing. So.
0: Well, hey man, to, to your guys' credit, you guys could have been too, and and playing off of that, I feel like you guys, and I could be wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys weren't about that life, like you didn't want to play arenas and shit necessarily, you were more into the intimate type of shows, the Peabody's 200, 300 type shows, 300 people type shows, as opposed to the 2000 type shows, um, it seemed to me that way anyways, because you guys always played small clubs always well
1: like you know but but that but see that's that's there's something to be said for that but it's not by choice that we played the small club really the the um the promoters and stuff you know people put these shows together um you know they look at your numbers they look at they look at your sales so I do for a living right? yeah they look at All your right. sales they look at where you play they they you know they 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 gauge all this stuff. It's like, okay, well, they just did this huge, they just did Ozfest, but they still only sold this many records. So, you know, as a promoter, I want to promote this band, but I'm not going to put out the money to rent this giant right. theater, right. have this band headline, um, and, and have to pay for this show when only half of it is full. I'm not going to, you know, promoters are going to lose their ass. So no, right. It does a right. So, so, right. so they didn't take the chance. I mean, we, we played some bigger venues on the road, but, but I, the high percentage of them was, were, were smaller clubs, you know, like people, like Peabody's are smaller.
0: Right. You know. oh, that's crazy. Cause I kind of thought that was by design and stuff. Cause I feel that if, if, and we'll talk about this here after this, um, I feel that if you would have had the right, team i guess and i'm not saying that you didn't but if, you, if universal would have fucking did their due diligence man um uh how roadrunner um did with slipknot i think that uh you know it would have been the complete opposite i feel like you guys wouldn't have been able to play small venues because there would have been such a demand i mean i know in ohio like i mean I knew for a fact, cause I remember I first heard of you guys, you guys are going to play a high school Streetsboro high school. I was like 10. My brother was a fan of you guys. And he was in school at the time. And I remember they had to cancel it or whatever. Cause of too many people wanted to show up like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Yeah. And this is before like internet, anything like that. This is all word of mouth promotion. I think you guys are going to play at the band called plastic army guys or something, but it was all word of mouth promotion and shit like that. So just, you know, I, I feel that I feel that the, the due diligence, um, and again, I, you know, I'm speaking out of turn here, but I feel like the management or whatever, whoever was running things ultimately just, just really fucking missed the ball. Well,
1: that, you know what, that I, that's, that's possible. I mean, there, there's a million what ifs, you know, and we'll never know now, but, you right. know, I mean, those, those, well, prof- those, those questions could be asked. Till the end of time, you know, <laughs> you'll never know. Right. What right. What if, what yeah. What, but, right. What? it's a perfect, But model. one of the what ifs is, <laughs> yeah. you know, what if we, what if we just weren't really that good? Like we, 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 we struck a chord uh, stu- yeah, with a certain demographic of people that, that were just all about it, but that's not <laughs> right. All of that's the world. not, but that's, you know, just cause you reach people all over the right, world, not, does, not, it doesn't right. mean that you're going to,
0: you know, right. You're marketable or you're going right. to be successful on a business. Uh, however,
1: aspect. but however, to- you know, I, I think um, I think if it would have been pushed a little bit harder, if we would have took the hit money wise and opened for some bigger bands, um, you know, toured with some bigger bands as a, as a support act, you know, got in front of like more people and 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 took it more serious took the music more seriously instead of like the theatrics which was my mindset like to me it's like okay all this theatrical stuff is just it's a no-brainer like you can set up lights you can wear masks you can wear suits you can you know you that's right like you, you guys should be focusing more
0: on on Right, you got you guys should have literally had a team for that or a person for that, you know. And so you guys could have focused more. I
1: mean, but, even but, I don't but, know if you But that's, not, but but. that's the, like that's the whole thing about like Shroom. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was, it was kind of a fluke that it was successful. Like even though there's talented guys and stuff in there, like it, it's it's almost kind of a fluke that it was successful because just the just the way things were and that like the, the like the mindsets of of people in the band and stuff was like, like, I don't know that that's where there was friction with me with like a lot of people in the band because it's like, wait, like this is not about suits and masks and, 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 right. and smoke and lights and mirrors and whatever, you know what I mean? Like the tunes still have to be good. The production of the album still has to be to, at a certain level. Like, like, you know, we we have to be kind of respected by our peers in a way too, to be taken seriously. And it's it, 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 it's almost like, you know, I don't know if we were a joke in the industry. If, if bands like like a lot of other bigger bands kind of hated us and stuff. They just you know, they were you know, we had a level of success and and and. Well, there,
0: and, I think there's a reason for that. I think you guys were blackballed in a way, and we'll talk about that right after you're done. Well, no,
1: I, I'm just I'm just saying, you know, like you know there's 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 a million what ifs and we'll never know you know i just i, right. I know well, that i right. had my bugaboos with the band which was which was all about the music stuff cuz to me the, the, to me like the you know the suits and masks and everything was is important for a band like that but it wasn't to me it, it, the music still has to be kick ass you know what i mean right understandably and, and, so
0: Well, do your to your credit it was well I, mean, I
1: shoehorned in as much kick ass as i could like i i was really like swimming upstream with a lot of that stuff dude i mean
0: well we go into it right now look at him now and, and i'll say this and i say this with as much love as i possibly can the new album um there's a song on there that's very very good like the new jeffrey nothing um that's what i'm gonna call him i don't even know what they call him he's amazing He's fucking amazing. In fact, I think he might have a little bit of wider range than Jeffrey, but he can also sound just yeah. like Jeffrey. He's really good, really fucking good. I mean, it sounds like Jeffrey. Like if you've listened to it, which I'm sure you have, it it sounds like Jeffrey, and it's crazy. But
1: the fucking the he music sounds, to, to me to um, me he sounds like he sounds like Jeff doing his best, Mike Patton.
0: Okay. Got you. Right. And you can hear that too. It it basically is like, it's more or less like how journey, you know, their new vocalist, like they wanted somebody that sounded just like Jeffrey and understandably. So, but the guitar work, man, it's lazy. It's boring. It's, uh, it's unenergetic. It's, it's, it's unoriginal. It's it, you know, and Jay man's a beast as always, of course. And so is your brother, your brother's a beast as well. Um, But uh, my biggest gripe I've had and I'd like you to talk about this and if you can I understand why you can't Jackie I do not like her in that band at all I don't mind a couple songs or cameos or whatever but I feel and this is no offense to Jackie because I played with I think uh unsaid fate was her band I played with them a few times and she was good and it fit and it was well but with mushroom head it just to me it doesn't fit it's out of place and it's forced and it's so, it, it's, to me as a lifelong fan, it, it's just so disappointing. And, and on YouTube videos, you go through the comments and, and they're like 50 50. A lot of people agree with me, you know, with everything I just said. And, and it, it's sad. So, first off, I want to know what you, it, it, I want your opinion on the new uh, album. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure how we got disconnected. That's my fault. But yeah, I was um, saying that. Uh, my my thoughts on the newer stuff, and was just saying how it just seemed so forced and and unoriginal and stuff like that, and, and was uh, wanting your opinion on it.
1: Um, well, I haven't heard the whole album. I, I've I've heard uh, you know several tunes through the internet when it was first released, and um, I, th- I thought the single the single was pretty cool. Uh, and a couple of other ones that I, I liked. You know, I mean. I'm I'm kind of into different stuff nowadays, so you know. <laughs> Did, just, hold
0: I, on, out time song. out. Did you have this? Uh, is this a scripted answer? <laughs> I'm, te- I'm teasing because what we were talking about earlier.
1: No, 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 not at all. Like I, I don't. You know, I, I'm I'm being completely honest. You are. I know you're playing on a I know. Yeah. So, um, but what I heard, I I honestly like a lot better than that last one. There, there's something about that last one like a couple of those tunes just like kind of not that it's not good but just to me like like there's just irritating things about some of those songs and I don't I don't know what it is if it's a vocal thing if it's a riff thing or, or whatever or maybe it was just you know the first one that they did without me so it like I I have like a Fat feeling about your it mouth, yeah yeah, like I, I don't know what it is, but there's something about that butterfly album that I just I really don't like. So I li- like I like the new one much better. I, I maybe it's just because of those guys, like you know the the guy that's replacing Jeff and the new guitar guy. Uh, you know, I go I go back quite a few years with those dudes, so like I'm I'm happy that for them that they're there doing their thing. Where did the Jeff guy and, come from then?
0: If you don't mind me asking, I'm a fan or something. Well, he, he's, he's been, he's been on our crew off and on for years. Oh, okay. So what's his actual name too? Cause I'm being super disrespectful by saying that, Steve, by the way, Steve Rockhorse. Okay. Okay. Steve Rockhorse. My apologies to Steve. Cause yeah. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I think you're a beast, but yeah. I was just,
1: you know, <laughs> No, he, he's a super cool guy. He's, he's a really cool dude. He's got a lot of talent. He's a mega bass player on top of those vocals. I mean, he's awesome on bass. Um, they, they had the, him and uh, Tom Schaffner, who's playing guitar now, they were in a band together called Garmin Bosia, which was, uh, you know, kind of Mr. Bungle, Faith No More-ish type of thing. You know, it's, it's, it's cool. You know, they're, they're, they're in Shroom now doing their thing, which is, gotcha. so, no, it, I think, you know, like th- their style kind of fits Shroom better, you know, oh. Right. Right.
0: Well, when you have as many people as you do in a band and when you're um, writing something, you know, I was in a band with, we had six people. Um, I think at one point we had seven actually. And it it gets convoluted, right? Meaning that like, okay, you may have a main songwriter, which maybe you, which typically in the bands I've been in is typically the lead guitarist. But what ends up happening is after everybody's little um, flavors added in and shit's changed, it's then becomes everyone's song and the original vision of that song is no longer there so it kind of takes away from the the i don't know how to word it right like the uh the integrity of the like the intention of what that song was written for
1: right i mean dude there's there's so many angles to songwriting yeah what's yours that's what's yours i'm curious like I just I d I don't think about it at all you know what I mean like i I will pick up a guitar and if the amp sounds good that day um a killer riff will come out something something will just happen or there's been there's been times where I'm just in a zone driving or taking a shower or something and and something just you know, you hear it in your head. No, I know there. exactly what you mean. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's like, okay, I got to remember that. I'm going to go grab an instrument and recreate it. You know, there's been a lot of times, you know, I, I do like, uh, like uh, bluesy country picking type stuff sometimes. And I'll, I'll just pick up like an acoustic or a hollow body and I'll, I'll slide into a chord a certain way and it'll inspire a whole thing to come out and uh i don't know where it comes from it just it just happens but uh but i know that like when your head's clear and you're and you're in a good mood and uh you know you're going you're going to your jam space and you're gonna you're gonna uh, or your studio or whatever and you're gonna have a time with your bandmates and and it's a lot cooler and easier to come up with with kick-ass shit than when you're in a crappy mood and you feel like you're, you know, walking through mud or walking uphill or swimming upstream. You know what I mean? So no,
0: absolutely. Uh, Yeah. I can attest to that wholeheartedly hundred percent.
1: And, and, um, there, there was times with shroom where it was like, yeah, like the, 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 the riffs are flowing, the, the music's coming out. It's, it's killer. We got more stuff than we know what to do with. And then there was times where it's like, Like, yeah, like this, this feels forced. Uh, Like, what am I, what am I doing? Like, what are we doing? This is all crap.
0: Right. Which a lot of, a lot of people don't know this, but you know, bands, uh, you know, even if you're not on label or you're self-produced or whatever, but any successful band or a band that, you know, does it for a living, um, you are expected to have new albums every well tip now, nowadays it's every year, but back then it was like, you know, Every about two years, and and you guys were, you guys were very known to not rush shit. Now, was that by product or was I mean? Well, at least it seems you didn't rush it as far as CDs, or was that by uh, just design, or was that by fault, or is that is that one of the and also is that one of the reasons that you didn't um, maintain on Universal Records or even pursue any other record label after that.
1: Well, Universal just—if you don't do a certain, you know, if your numbers aren't to their expectations, they'll just drop you. Oh, god, gotcha. yeah, okay. Most labels are like that. It's like if you're not. So making you were a dropped money, by Universal then. Um.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Wow, they—they they probably fucking ate themselves now. But that's—I I didn't know that. I don't think, I, don't think I, I did not know that. I don't
1: think. Yeah, they—they—they, they, 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 you know, they're a huge label you know right on top of the right. movies and all that stuff you know they you know they want big things so they're sure, not they going have made a horror movie with you guys <laughs> <laughs> they, they could have but you know would have would it yeah i get it i get it when they could've. right so that's that a lot of people don't for, i remember like um remember when everyone was like make the mushroom head slip not to her happen there was that yeah, page i do trying yes. to position to make the mushroom head slipknot thing happen. And it's like, well, everybody's looking at it from two mask bands. That would be a, that would be like, you know, it would be a cool show. It'd be a really right. cool show. But what promoters and record people and management, management people and all these people outside of band members think of is money. They don't give a damn really how cool it's going to be if these two guys play together right and the fans uh, you know certain fans would love it certain fans would, i, well, I would have been pissed i'd have been fired up if you did just for the record well yeah but but the, but the, what it comes down to i remember i got in an argument with this chick i was playing at my cover uh, playing one of my cover band gigs and this girl was going on and on and on and on about it and i'm like listen it's not gonna happen she goes how do you know You don't know, you're not even in it anymore, and blah, 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 blah. And I go, okay, but I I understand the industry a little bit. You know, Slipknot is an arena band, Mushroom Head is a club act. So, you know, they could get another band that's bigger to be a support act. Like, they're not going to, like, Slipknot is not going to take Mushroom Head out with them just because they wear masks. It, well,
0: everybody it, thinks they ripped you off, so maybe they owe it to you. I personally think that too. <laughs> but, but with well, Roadrunner Records, I'd like to say more specifically.
1: It doesn't, but it doesn't come down to what the. Band I know people it doesn't. Know. It, right, right. I know. I was just being a dick. It, right, I do. But, but that's like what a lot of people don't understand is it's like it doesn't matter what you want as a fan, it's not going right. to be profitable to any of these people. So Slipknot can make more money off of more people coming by having a bigger band as their support act. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There, a lot of people don't
0: realize that, you know, and people are like, well, why wouldn't they take a smaller band on an arena tour? Because an arena tour, we're talking, you know, we're talking a million, millions of dollar process here. Right. You can't rely on one band to just be the fucking breadwinner, unless it's ACDC or some shit, you know, like you, you, you can't do that when you're a, businessman it doesn't make
1: any fucking sense at all that's
0: because everybody else is making money off you well that's (laughs) where
1: i think we kind of shot ourselves in the foot is when we were new up-and-coming band we should have been touring with some bigger bands and we didn't because we needed we needed money to maintain all like nine people or eight you know however many people plus our crew um you know we needed money so you know to go on tour with a bigger band and get five hundred dollars a day was not going to cut it. Oh hell no, dude! Because you'd have yeah. to have a bus,
0: and and I was explaining in an episode before buses are not cheap, dude. Like for to tour with.
1: No, not none of it's cheap, and you know, I mean, food for all those people, the band and the crew, the you know, the vehicle to get there, right? The driver but, that has the CDLs. The the driver, the fuel, you know, I, I mean, every, the insurance, like it, 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 yeah, it, it adds up. I mean, it's all. It's all a, a fucking big thing, and that's why we just toured on our own a lot instead of doing bigger stuff.
0: Okay. Now, now let me ask you. Okay, so you, you guys were approached by Roadrunner Records uh, at, at a point in your career. A- am I wrong about that?
1: No, that's that's true. I wasn't in the band yet, so so whatever okay. I, whatever I say about this. Um, may not have a whole lot of... it's hearsay, right. It's, it's just is, what you know. It's right, gotcha. You know, even though I was there and I heard all the conversations, heard, a l- you know, a lot of conversations about it and everything, I still don't know 100%. Well, so... Uh, long story short,
0: um, they approach you guys. You guys, for whatever reason, didn't make the deal. Now, not, not very long after, a band known as Slipknot shows up. Yeah. A bass player even has a fucking pig mask. You just have... like mushroom at space, pig beans, right? Um, all had mass. And if you listen to their first CD that was never released, I forget what it's called. It's not the one that had purity on it that they had to take off the shelves. Cause it's about that girl being buried alive. It was an actual CD. It sounds almost just like your guys' first album with like, uh, you know, beat like a dog pissing all over, roll on the floor. What is that? Simpleton? Is that the name of that
1: song? Oh, yeah. probably simpleton.
0: Uh, that was before me. Right. Well, what I'm saying is if you listen to their first album, uh, Slipknot's, that was never released. It's hard to find, but you can find it. Well, now it's probably easiest hell to find. It is almost a cookie cutter copy of it. Right. Now, with all that said, what do you, what, what do you know and, or, or, or have knowledge of and what, what do you think? Do you think that Roadrunner Records was like, all right, well, that's That's just a great marketing idea. We're going to – you know, they're literal. I, think, I do believe their first show was OzFest. I'm almost 100% positive about that one.
1: I, I don't know so, anything about that. I don't know anything about their first record sounding like shroom i never i never heard i never even heard anything about that until now it's he even
0: raps in it yeah like he even like raps it and shit like how j-man does it's fucking wild i'll have to find it and
1: and you'll be like holy shit well what i um what this is this is what i think happened um i i think slipknot was a different type of thing because you know how you kind of have you know they have their stone sour thing too Right. Like I kinda I kinda think that like Slipknot was kind of more than one band. Oh absolutely. Yeah, I, think, I agree I, with I, you. Th- I think it was more than one band and they were trying to get signed at the same time that Roadrunner was interested in Mushroom Head. And I and I think um the the deal this is just this is just me speculating, this is not fact. Um I think I think that what happened was is um you know Mushroomhead didn't take the deal with Roadrunner because it w- wasn't a really good deal. They're probably like, screw this, like Man. this isn't a good deal. That's I- not I- shocking. I'd rather I'd rather own I'd rather own my own stuff and and build it and take the chance that way than to take the chance of of um this flopping and then this label owning all of our stuff and we can't do anything with it. So I think it was passed on for that reason. And because it was passed on and none of the, you know, none of the mushroom head characters are copywritten characters or anything like that. It's like, you can basically take anybody you want and, you know, put jumpsuits and Halloween masks on them. Right. And there's a lot of people like that now. Fuck. I call it what, Call it what you want. So I think, I think, um, I think Roadrunner was like, okay, we got these guys that want to sign with us that are crazy, have crazy and insane music. And we have this band that has a crazy look that doesn't want to sign with us and they don't own anything with their look. So we're just going to take their look and give it to this band or these two bands and put them together and say, Hey, we'll sign you, but this is what you got to do. So what what I'm basically saying, and this is like I said, this isn't fact. This is me just guessing, based off of what I know and what I saw at the time, is that Slipknot is kind of the boy band of metal. They were basically created by, they were created by uh, Roadrunner off of what was going on between Shroom and whatever they were, they were presenting to to uh, to Roadrunner at the time. So that that's just my right. guess. And- they, right they're, they're, uh, and i that that, that makes sense. and it paid off you know oh, now, absolutely if, i mean if, if shroom would have took the deal slipknot might may never have existed exactly exactly what ifs you know if <laughs> one of those what if questions like we don't know we have no idea and if and if shroom would have took the deal would it have even been as big as slipknot
0: Right. And it, would you have ever been in the band? You know, like it's, it's it's who knows. I mean, right. That's it. Who knows? We don't know. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> now, have you ever had any interactions with any of the members
1: of uh, Slipknot? Um, not really personally. I remember um, Stitch kind of was doing st- stuff with, I think that Sid guy, I think he's the, the, the uh, DJ guy for Slipknot. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, think yeah, because yeah, DJ Starscream or something like that. Yeah, whatever. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know anything about. I'm out of the loop on that. You know.
0: <laughs> well, me too. I just, I just know from booking shows and shit. I see, I've seen I'm his old name and stuff. Go, man,
1: I still, I still think about like Van Halen, you know, Ingvem.
0: <laughs> well, I played with your newer band, um, Krea Diaz, which is a newer, but your act that you're, you know, currently active with. Yeah. I played with you guys at a place called Sadie Renee's in Canton mm. and uh that was like my first experience with you guys and stuff and um yeah it's 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 definitely um it's it's fucking metal that's for sure and and it was nice to see too and you know it was all a bunch of younger bands that played with you except for one other and it was really cool because you know um there was a breath of fresh air the, long story short is a breath of fresh air to see that again you know because you got so many bands you know even like my band we were trying to be something we weren't or whatever and originality from creative as I know this is a completely different subject or whatever but I, I wanted to touch on you know creative as well because you know a lot of listeners may not even know that <laughs> creative exists in fact I had you on a show headlining um until the COVID shit happened right. um but so go go ahead and tell a little bit about that like how did that come about um maybe some of the members uh are they from other bands um now, give us a little bit. Give us a
1: quick rundown. All right. Well, that that whole thing, um, it kind of stemmed from from 216. Cause two one six, because two two one six did really well. We put out that first record, it did great. We were, I mean, we were not selling out Peabodys, but we were the the crowds were huge. Um, I mean, the, those those shows were a big deal. They were starting to you know catch up with Shroom a little bit. As far as the numbers go um but for some reason it just kept getting thrown on the back burner so you know we put out the first i think we put the first cd out i think in was it 98 first cd came out in like 98 or 99 or something for crea
0: ds no
1: no no for 216
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, two, yeah. I think it I think it was, yeah, it was 99
1: or 98. Yeah, I, I, think, I can't remember. pretty sure it was 98. We put out the CD, but I mean, all this time we've been doing two on six, like in between shroom tours and stuff, we would do a two and six show. Um, we would always make a, a bunch of money. We'd sell a bunch of merch. The crowds were nuts. It was, it was, it was awesome. And it was, it was easy for us to write those tunes and everything. And the fact that it just kept going and going and going without doing another record was kind of insane to me. Like, why are we not doing another record? This is this band is successful. We, you know, not only do we have Shroom, but we have this, which is doing great. You know, and nothing nothing against like uh you know any of the other side projects from Shroom, but they just were not doing what two one six was doing. You know, so I I, I, right. I was, you know, after after 10 years of waiting to do another record, I said, screw this, man. I'm going to go, I'm going to go do some stuff. So a buddy of mine knew a guy that just opened up a studio and um, I went there to just do some tests with get with uh you know, with my amp and stuff. I wanted to hear if I could finally get like some tones that I wanted. Cause uh, that was another thing that I, I wasn't real happy with was, you know we're going to like these big studios and stuff i mean we even worked with a guy in chicago that that did disturbed and and uh he made my amps sound like shit like for it's like i got one of the coolest guitar tones in the fucking city and i got these guys making me sound like cardboard fuzz like what the hell is going on it's like, it's, it's, like yeah. it's like you don't yeah. you don't take a a freaking ferrari and put donut tires on it you know what i mean <laughs> like yeah i do I, it's funny you say that so, actually you know that's kind of how I felt. It's like, what are you guys doing to me like this this guitar tone is wicked as fuck, and you're killing me so i I took matters into my own hands into a studio, demoed out a couple of tunes wasn't even it wasn't even expecting to write songs, but my my one buddy knew the guy and he was a studio aficionado and and a uh, really good drum programmer he just He's like, dude, your tone is wicked. We're making a song right now. And he just threw some drum patches together. And I just wrote us wrote riffs over his drum patches and put them, you know, put them in an order to where it sounded like a song. I mean, we literally did that in a couple of hours. So I had two songs and. um, um I just, I went back to that studio a couple of times and uh, a bunch of the stuff that's on the Korea Diaz album was from those demos that I did at that studio. I mean, that place ended up falling apart and uh, it no longer exists, but it was, that was that studio for a short time was the right thing that I needed to clear my head as far as um, like, you're not crazy. Like, cause I had people telling me that like, what you want is impossible. And I'm like, well, I hear it on Sugar records. I hear it on Crowbar records. I hear it on Van Halen records. You know, Ozzy did it. Stevie Ray Vaughan albums have it. Like, why can't I have it? Like, what? why is it impossible? You know, I was told, you can't get guitar tones like that. It's rocket science. <laughs> like, really?
0: So have you ever thought I've, about coming out with got- your own packages? You- like, your own tone packages or anything?
1: No, no i'm not really i just you know because it, you know why because it's not rocket scientists it's not i mean it's not rocket science you you put your amp in in, in the right type of room i mean you, you you have to have a good tone to begin with right but you just you might you mic it a certain way if it doesn't sound right you try micing it another way i mean it's 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 not rocket science right it's you just got to have you just got to have a little bit of patience
0: well, I say that jokingly you know, with really, you because that's like all the rage right now is um, tone packages,
1: you know? Yeah, you know what the problem with a lot of those tone packages are? It's instant gratification, but it's not really good. It's not right. that and good. And there's
0: no originality to it either. Everything's going to sound the same eventually, you know?
1: Well, I, I mean, I see these guys like demoing out these guitars and demoing out these, 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 uh, these amp things and all this stuff. And and I read people's comments about how awesome it is, like oh my god, that is amazing. And I'm listening to that, going, that's dog shit. <laughs> like what the, this, like what I don't understand. Like have standards gone down, dude? Do, like what do people?
0: Yeah, standards have gone know. down tremendously, man. Social media like, has made that possible.
1: Yeah, it, it's just. There's an oversaturation of crap, and it's like, okay, this new thing that's crap is what's considered good. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't, like, you know, like I don't, I don't, like I still don't get that. Do you I, see I, how I you bother- feel
0: right now? That's how I felt about Slipknot when they like got their, you know, got huge and shit like that. Yet you guys kind of didn't in a way. That's exactly how I yeah. felt. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? You know, that same exact way. You know, like this manufactured garbage, and, and unfortunately. That's the way this world is now, man. Like whatever is mass produced or put on a big stage or TV or whatever is what's going to be the end, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I, I feel the same way about like star Wars movies and like what the hell happened. <laughs> that's
0: it that reminds me of, my, what is it? Solitaire unraveling. Um, got Rembrandt as my right hand solo as my pilot. I think that's all. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Star Wars yeah. reference.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, but, but that's what Star Wars was cool. But right, getting right. back to the Creedees, I went to that. I went to that studio. I got what I wanted finally. So I, I, you know, I, I, I took a few riffs and stuff that I had laying around, and I went in there and I recorded them. And and uh, most of that stuff ended up being on on the Creedees record. So you know, I figured, okay, cool. I I have a vehicle to get this shit out. Now I can start putting a band together. Now um, I already knew who I wanted for vocals and drums. Um, Actually, I kind of knew who I wanted for the whole band. Like basically I wanted like half of my cover band to be my band. Um, The Hatrix bass player was the bass player for my cover band. The only reason I didn't pick him to do Korea Diaz is because I knew that it was going to be a lot of work at first and we weren't going to make any money. And I, I just had a feeling that he would have got bummed out and quit after a while. Right. So That's why I didn't, I didn't, I, that's why I didn't pick him for base. Um, I mean, I love the guys like a brother. I kind of wish I would have, but the, you know, the other guy I've known for a long time too. So it's like, man, I, you
0: know. right. Well, and with your territory, I'm sure there's fucking hundreds of guys like that, you know, that you've known or yeah. played with and,
1: so it was—that's what I mean. It was—it was like it was—it was a strange decision to to decide who I wanted to play bass, you know. But uh, I got my buddy Brian. He was in a band called uh, Thirteen Faces and Spawn, and um, you know, he, he's he's a good bass player, good friend. Good group. Everything was cool with him. He he worked out nice. Um, but the, the singer is a guy from the 80s. He was a, always a rhythm guitar player in a, a a band called Torment, and then they changed their name to Ritual. They had they had record deals with uh, some European labels and stuff. Um, but uh, he played uh, rhythm guitar for that band, but his vocals are wicked. He he he's sings. you guys are nasty,
0: yeah, you guys are good as fuck. Yeah. Like,
1: well, he did, I mean, he just um he's like a good mimic vocalist like he can you know like in his cover band he does beatles and chili peppers and joe oh, wow really you know, fuck me Yeah, they do, they do all kinds of stuff you know and in is you know i kind of i i was i don't want to say disappointed that he just went like mostly hardcore with all the songs but it's like dude you can sing and you can do all these things and like you know you're allowed to do more but i i think he felt like he had something to prove hardcore wise so he wanted to be more of a hardcore vocalist and if we would have got to like a second record it might have changed up a little bit i don't really know but but shit, you always can and it (laughs) fuck even an ep or a demo like shit well i i i i'm sitting on a whole second korea album like i have basically the whole thing written ready to go it's just well, it, um,
0: let me preface this real quick people listen to this that um and gravy can correct me if i'm wrong dave can correct me if i'm wrong um it's it, my personal opinion it's for fans of i'm gonna say one band um lamb lamb of god it has a real to me at least as even his vocals have that randy blight type, type of uh atmosphere to it but that for people listening, it gives them a little bit of an idea, and you could even throw another band or whatever, whatever in there. I do that because I'm 33. A lot, some of my viewers are a little bit younger, um, and right. they want to know, well, what do they sound like? Who are they like? You know, so that's the reason I wanted to throw a band in there. But to me, that's what it, you know, that was the first band that came to mind. Was okay. This is this is like hardcore thrash metal.
1: Right. Well, it's yeah, it's. I mean, it's more like a power groove thing, like a Pantera thing but but it it kind of it's maybe a little more primitive than pantera you know so so it does have like uh like a, a lamb of god thing at some at at some point you know there are a couple of tunes that definitely have a lamb of god groove to them um but the solos are wicked I mean, it's just, it's cool. It's just. So how
0: fun was it to do like solos, you know, cause with mushroom head, obviously, you know, yeah, there may have been a small one here or there whatever, but I bet with Korea Diaz, that was like, I'm trying to think of a good comparison. It'd be like a uh, NASCAR driver getting the brand new uh, Lamborghini, uh, you know, Aventador or something.
1: It's like like being free again, you know, like, yeah, not not that, not that like shroom, you know, shroom just didn't need it. Bro, but, I saw but, you play your
0: guitar with a drumstick. Like literally, you played your fucking guitar with a drumstick. Almost, I I, I I do believe you did it for the whole damn song
1: too. Uh, what was I doing slide stuff or was I? Yeah, just yeah, things? it
0: was like it. Well, that and like because it was one of your old old songs that I, you probably didn't write, but it was a real simplistic song. The guitar where he was just like dun 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 dun. dun you know, it was either like it was not born of desire. It was simple or one of those songs, but you were uh, for like the chugs. You were just like, you know, you the fucking drumstick or whatever.
1: Oh, we goofed around a lot, you know, who
0: knows? Right. Oh, it was anything. badass. I'd never seen anything like that. I was like, Oh, Whoa, dude, that's fucking cool shit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah. That's uh, There was always something goofy going on like that, but you never know.
0: So, so it was like being free again. Like, uh, I bet that would, well, did it make you want to write more too? Did it inspire you more?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you, you know, when you're allowed to be yourself, like shroom, shroom, I could, I, I could do cool different things that I wouldn't normally do, but I, but I wasn't really being myself all that much. You know what I mean? Because the, like, no, I, I do, the, right. The solos weren't the, the, you know, there was no room for solos even when there was. There was, um, you know, we always had this shoehorn every, you know, every vocalist had to be on every song, the keyboard, like everything had to be on every song, which I kind of didn't agree with. I'm like, we need to break this shit up. There's all these people, you know, every song is going to kind of come across the same, even if it's a different tune by having all of this same crap on all the time. And sound forced too. Yeah. There needs to be a dynamic. There needs to like, there just needs to be freedom in the writing. To make it sound like artistic and fresh, and um, I don't know the Kreeadius thing was like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go off and write some heavy nasty stuff. I need to get this off my chest, you know, because it's been building up for a while. And that's and that's basically what what um, what that record is, you know. I, I, a lot of it was written while I was uh, still in Shroom. And a couple of a couple of those tunes, like we needed we needed more songs to to make a complete record. I wrote a couple of tunes while I was on the road with Shroom. I just, you know, when I'd go in before sound check, I would tech my own gear. So when the when the crew got everything set up, you know, before sound check, I would go in and, uh, you know tune all my guitars do any repairs or whatever needed to be done and i would go through my rig and and make every make sure everything was right but i would i would play guitar and noodle around for like an hour hour and a half you know until sound check and then we would play so i would i would come up with riffs and i would i would write the tunes that says a lot about yourself as a
0: guitar player um you would you would tech your own stuff man uh for two reasons one it shows uh your level of your level of – well, your 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 commitment to level. making sure my shit worked every day? Well, it's not even so much <laughs> that, man. It's your pride you take in your work, dude, right? You're, you're, you don't trust an, a fucking guitar tech to go up there and do that, and it's not even about trust. It's you would rather do it. That speaks volumes for your, no, we for your we you know motives.
1: We couldn't afford an, an actual tech. Right. I mean we had a drum tech. We had a keyboard tech you know we had a guy keyboard tech why the fuck did you have a keyboard tech because we had keyboards well
0: i get that but jesus i would so much Mm -hmm. feel like you would be way more prioritized over a fucking keyboard dude that they could literally just fucking put like you 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 don't you could have just backtracked all that honestly but
1: i mean i I mean i don't know how true this is but it kind of it kind of seems like after a certain point guitars in mushroom head were just kind of like not that important no, you're right. I agree with you.
0: I whole, I've i had people make those I mean, comments
1: too. Not, not for to me. To me, but it, but it's like, you know, when it got into like songwriting and production and stuff, it was like, who cares what the guitars sound like? Like this is good enough.
0: Right. It's just simple chords, drop D, drop C, whatever they play it in. I'm not sure what they do now or whatever, but yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly with you on that. And, 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 um, and
1: you know, I see where you're coming from. And I, and I agree, like the early shroom stuff, there's a, it's a lot of guitar driven riffs and things like it's, it is a, it's shroom early shroom seemed more to me like a metal band that had all that other stuff sprinkled on top. But right. Right. But the metal band was the foundation. I mean, that's why there was all those heavy riffs and, 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 uh, double bass and all that cool metal stuff going on, you know? But then you you sprinkle magic dust on it. You know, you got, you got keyboards, Jeff's vocals, uh, the rapping, you know, samples. It's like, okay, you know, you tone the metal down a little bit and you go into a textural thing, you go someplace else with the music for a minute, but it always comes back to the metal. And it almost seems like, you know, after a certain point, I think with, especially with me kind of like pushing the issue of the guitars being more kick ass like it just maybe it just like way too heavy on everybody and they were like you know what just let's just fuck guitars period <laughs> right so speaking so of I, that um, then um okay let's talk about your departure um
0: if you don't mind well, uh, I, I myself am not too clear on what exactly had happened. Uh, so I would love to hear hear the story. I mean, if if you don't want to, that's
1: fine. Well, I don't think any of us are 100% clear on what happened because... No, we aren't, but I didn't want to speak for, you know, I didn't want to... Right, no, out. I get it. But, um, well, that's what I mean. Like, I just, um, you know, I, I'm not one to just like sit on my thumbs and keep my mouth shut. So, you know, something bothered me, I would talk about it. You know, I'd want to know about it, you know, I'd bitch about it, whatever, however you want to, however you want to say, I think, um, just over time, you know, me, me bitching about stuff that I'm pretty sure I was right about probably, I don't know if it pissed people off or made them scared or whatever, you know, but it's like, I wasn't the only one complaining about things you know, so it was like, well, that's quite obvious, you know, I mean, look at him now, you know, I mean, this is, this is another speculation on my point because I still don't really have an answer, you know, and, and, um, you know, at this stage of the game, like, I don't really care. I'm way over it. You know, I've, um, you know, me and skinny talk and everything's cool. And, uh, and, um, you know, I've talked to Waylon a couple of times here and there and, you know it, it's it, it, and none of it really even matters anymore at this, right right at, at this point, but um but uh, I just I got an email saying I was out, so i went and wow. i I, I, went, <laughs> wow. I, went, I went and got my gear, and I went home, and yeah, I was pissed, you know Damn, who, who, who wouldn't be but you know the main reason I was pissed is because it's like i I write a lot of the stuff i i i you know i fill in on other instruments a lot of people don't know that you know there's a lot of bass and keyboards that were played by me
0: right you recorded them too didn't you yeah, and for awesome uh, that's what
1: i mean like i you know I wrote a couple things on keyboard. I played a bunch of stuff on keyboard. I, you know, I did,
0: I did some, well, dude, it's so obvious now, man. I did like, some, it's, I did we some. miss you. We miss you. <laughs> and mushroom man. That's for damn sure. I, I speak for a lot of people when I say that.
1: That's I think cool. the majority of people. Well, I, I mean, I didn't do all that other stuff, but I mean, a lot of, <laughs> no, I no, I
0: know that. I know that.
1: Yeah. A lot of, I'm not taking credit for other people's stuff, but I did do, I did do things on keyboards and bass that people don't know. It was me. Because because well, if you have, an because, email, as you, you notice on the albums, nobody even got credit for writing or even playing their instrument.
0: Like, All right. No, I did. I still can't get over an email, man, because anybody, everybody listening to this already knows who that email is from man. And it's just like, what the fuck? Like,
1: <laughs> well, why, why wouldn't they just man to man talk to you? Well, let me tell you, as soon as I got the email, I was on the phone and nobody I can imagine and nobody answered their phone. So it was like, okay, like you know, do you really think you really think you're gonna send me an email and I'm gonna just sit there and be like That's oh, so okay, cowardice, man. Okay, well I I guess I'm out. So it's like if you're gonna send me an email kicking me out of the band when I like I don't drink or party or steal or you know, I'm not a lion thieving piece of shit. Like I care about the business. Like I'm I got solid tone. I got solid gear. I write like a motherfucker. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm your fucking eighth in the whole guy. You need me. I don't need you. Right. Yeah. You're going to kick me out because like, I have a couple of grievances and I'm right. And you know it. What explains why the members, the recycling of members, that explains it. I mean, that, that's how I see it. It's like, you know, I'm right. And you can't argue with me. So you have to get rid of me before I convince everybody else that I'm right. Because if I, if I get everybody else on my side, then there's only going to be one person either has to change or leave. Right. It's just, damn, man. That's you know, you don't insane. So, so it's like, if you don't make an example of me, nobody else is going to fall in line. That's kind of how I saw it. Right. Well, well,
0: I yeah. I mean, no, you're right. No, you're exactly right. It, it was like it was a it was an ego trip, like a control. It was definitely a control um, mech- mechanism, like you know, to say, hey, listen, this is me, this is mine. You're gonna do what I say, or you're gonna fucking go. I mean, you know, when Jeffrey left, that fucking, I was like, all right, they're done, you know. And that shocked the shit out of me, yeah. and I'm not sure why he had exactly left. I've read a bunch of different shit, but I'm sure we can all assume why he left and it's just that's so sad man it makes me lose respect and and i hate saying that man like but that's just a coward move and and i don't mean to call names but that makes me lose a lot of respect where i had a little bit left and uh, that kind of just throws it out the window that legit made me kind of depressed no joke that's so
1: fucked up man like that's just so unprofessional well what's what's messed up about it is it didn't it it, this is it's a band Right. Like, like it didn't have to be this way. Like we all want the same thing, you know? And this, I mean, this kind of goes back to that, like that playing clubs thing. Like you said, it was by design. It really isn't. We would all love to be able to play arenas because if we're to the level where we're playing arenas, we're making money where we won't have to worry about shit anymore. But if you're playing clubs that you're just nickel and diamond your way through life you know i it's mean it's cool industry. and it's i mean it's something cool to be said there and everything but you know we could have we could have maybe made it to that arena level if the mindset of certain people in the band were different wow yeah
0: no to, i i 100 think that you guys could have i mean i think they still could um, with the right marketing and the right team behind them. That's all they need, really. And you know, and and that said person that's in the band doing all this yeah, shit but, needs to put in yeah, their place, like, you know. But
1: all the all the core members of the band are gone. Right. There's but, so many different people there's so many different people in there that it's that it's that it's like a, a cover band now. Right. That somebody I mean, said, really said that. Oh it's my like, God.
0: Somebody said that on my post. They it, said it's a literal cover band.
1: Well, but I mean and it's cool though that like fans of the band took the took the place of certain other people which is which is is funny it kind of makes sense to have people that are fans take the place but on the same note they're they're not the original core guys that wrote those tunes that had that specific type of talent at that time to make it happen and and i think i think what's what's cool about bands that have stood the test of time with all the same members is they have they have enough like respect for each other to to talk through their problems get through them any way they can and understand that like that like these core members over time is going to say so much more than just replacing people that you don't like for the wrong reason. No, you're exactly right. You know? I
0: think it speaks you know? for why Mushroomhead never has. I, I think you just explained it all right there, like literally without intentionally explaining it. I think it goes on to speak for itself that that's why Mushroomhead has never reached that arena level because of the decision making by you know certain member. I mean, it. I, I, like I said, anybody that's a Mushroomhead fan and truly is, and is going to listen to this, like they know, uh, like what Mushroomhead is. Who basically runs the shit, like. And it's, it's just, it's sad, dude. Because like I, I knew that it was bad, but I didn't know it was like that bad, like on that level. Like holy shit, I don't know how you put up with it for that long.
1: Well, that, that's what I mean. There was there was a lot of there was a lot of frustration, and that's what I mean about that. What I was saying about the writing and not having like. You know being in a good mindset to come up with music and stuff like that well it's fuck like when, it'd be almost
0: know, impossible dude dealing with that type of situation
1: that's what i'm saying like swimming up it's it's trying to you know it's hard to swim upstream it's hard to run uphill you know it's hard to walk through mud you know what i mean you can't it, it's it's difficult
0: it's a definition of insanity literally dude like you know tr- doing the same goddamn thing and mm-hmm. expecting a different result and it's just not gonna happen
1: yeah, like you know, run through this maze in the dark. It's it's hard, to, <laughs> right? You know, and Excuse juggle entire shoes at the same time. You know, it's it was it was a weird time, man. It was it was it was real strange, and I was one of the only people vocalizing, you know, saying what was on my mind, and you know. Look well, what because happened.
0: you cared i mean it almost it's, and i'm not saying that no one else cared because i'm sure obviously jeffrey did that's quite obvious and, and I, I don't want to speak for anybody because i don't know but it well, showed sure that you
1: cared It put everybody in a weird position and it shouldn't have right it you should be I mean? a democracy
0: that's how i've always lived my yep. bands by dude
1: what, what's i mean whenever there's any grievances there should be a band meeting we should all discuss it yep and get it out of the way and move forward yep and that's that's never what happened in shroom ever ever that's that's a it shame was, matt yeah it, and it that's what i mean like that that thing had a real shot and and it was kind of just kind of i don't know i don't want to say squandered but it was it was just like forced out of missed possibility. The
0: mark. yeah i definitely missed the mark of what it could have been mm-hmm. you know
1: because there, even there, there's something to be said for bands that have been around a long time that have all the core members in it. Well, yeah, they're still you like know? on and top though, of their game. <clears throat> well, even though I'm not like an original guy, when it broke on a national level, I was in there. So to right. a lot of people, I I, I thought you kind of were actually an original guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I've been around it since it since it started. I I made up the name for Christ's sake.
0: <laughs> right but yeah like I, I didn't know that until we had spoke a couple weeks ago on the phone and uh just candidly and you told me that i always thought you were an original member
1: yeah no it was it was uh it went on for a, a few years before i got in it and then uh well you know i got in, in it under weird circumstances too but um you know it was the right time for me to be in it well obviously because i could I could write a lot of stuff. And, you know, when we're a lot of people don't know it, but 13 was written in six weeks. Oh, my. Really? We had we had a couple of ideas. We were on the road. We had a couple of song ideas floating around. We came off the road and then we were scheduled to go in the studio six weeks later. So it was like nose to the grindstone for six weeks, like writing all of that stuff. Jesus, man. making finished songs out of the other ideas the right. only the only song that we we threw together in the studio was that eternal song that heavy metal double bass
0: yeah 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 yeah.
1: we that's threw that together. sun doesn't rise
0: right or am i just fucking tweaking doesn't it have sun doesn't rise on it 13 yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah okay yeah. i thought so i thought so i'm like wow wait a minute i'm getting rusty on this wow but yeah and that's probably my opinion probably your most commercially at that point i mean i think even still till now a successful song
1: yeah yeah it's, it's everybody knows tune. that song
0: everybody knows that song well it meant it, 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 it was a ballad man it it wasn't just a song it was a ballad like literally you know like yeah. that's how it read off because it was it was different but it wasn't different <clears throat> it was mushroom head but it was mushroom head on and a much more I don't know how to wear, almost like an elegant way, you know, it, it wasn't just, you know, in your face, metal type of shit or whatever. It,
1: it was more along the well, lines was, of what you were saying. The arrangement of the song is more focused. Like old, old mushroom head was usually just a loop of like two or three parts and it just went on and on and on. Right. You know? And then, they, then they started kind of, you know, before I got in it, like, uh, you know, Blomp had like a pretty cool arrangement and stuff. And, but know, it's still recycled like
0: constantly over and over though like you know the i mean fuck that the like the mortal combat yeah. type of ripoff type
1: of thing i mean that that's throughout the song yeah so no i, I mean that. that's that's you know whatever it's just when i got in it like i i just have a i like to write more focused type of song well i, I like doing everything so it was Shroom was kind of cool for me even though it wasn't like my thing And I felt a little bit stifled. It was still cool because I could do, I I had a place for like my oddball ideas. Right. Right. Different musical stuff that wouldn't fit on like a straight up metal record or something.
0: Right. And ironically enough, it kind of blows up and then, and then, Of course, you know, attention to detail. I mean, obviously you have a good work ethic. So, of course, you're going to want to be able to do more and stuff. So, I mean, it's understandable that, you know, you'd be disappointed at the end of the day with it because it's like, man, we could have done so much more. That should have been thought out this way or whatever. And instead, you know, like you're saying, you got to put in the keys. You got to put in this vocalist, this vocalist, you know, a bunch of shit.
1: Well, you know, that's what I mean. We have so many members and so much shit going on. Why does every song have to have everything on it all the time? I like, I, like, okay, it, I get it most, of, but... most, of, most of it does, but it's like, you know, we can, we can just do like a little ballady interlude or we can do something really super heavy with just J man, like yelling on it, you know, with a really cool rhythmic thing that goes into like a evil sounding keyboard thing and, right, Jeff and vice versa for anything. Jeff, like, you know, have a ballad with him, yeah. like, right. have Yeah, yeah exactly. Do something yeah. really moody and dark with Jeff, you know, yeah. and have it, have, no, and have a tiny, a tiny little thing. You know, there's so many possibilities that just got, that just got like thrown by the wayside, I think, because I think what happens too is when, when you get like that close to the industry, especially on a big label like Universal, um, you know, certain people just want to, it's like, you know, let's, let's try to write a hit. Let's make hits. Cause if you, have, if you have one big hit, you know, you're, that's it. You're going to be a, a multimillionaire overnight. And it's like, okay, but, but you, you know, we're not a hit writing band, so it's going to sound forced. It's going to sound weird. It's going to, it's not going to be natural and it might not work. And we're going to be left with an album of these like goofy songs that, don't seem like us and we're going to get criticized for it. Right. And you're going
0: to get fucked both ways. You're going to get fucked by your fan base and you're also going to get fucked by the industry, industry, you know?
1: Exactly. That's why, like I said, like when I write stuff, I don't think about it. Like that, the sun doesn't rise riff. I I wrote like all the parts of that song, like just came out in literally five minutes.
0: That's so crazy to think about. You
1: know, I I started noodling around with that, that main riff. And then I, uh, everything else just kind of fell into place.
0: That's so weird. You know, like your most successful commercial song. I mean, I don't know if it is. I mean, but I think it is. I, I, I mean, honestly, I, I truly do believe that that is the, you know, the, your guys' biggest like hit as far as mainstream goes. And it's a song that, you know, boom, five minutes. And a lot of people think, you know, great ideas have to, be manufactured, you know, like they got it. It's got to be this long ass process. But I mean, a lot of the time, that's not true. A lot of the time, you know, successful things come from you know um, whimsical thoughts, things that just happen in the moment. Yeah, because it's well, not forced.
1: Yeah. It's not forced. You just do it. You don't think about it. Right, and they, and it, you know, and unfortunately, like every song can't be one of those five minute masterpieces. You know, some do no, take. Yeah, of course. Some do take work. Some. You know, like, like, dude, I'm still sitting on some killer ass guitar riffs for 15 years, 20 years that I just, I don't know what to do with them, but they're cool as shit. And I, it's like, I, what do I've I do? Have you ever with thought
0: them? about just having somebody put drum tracks over it and just throw them out as instrumentals? Well, I've, 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 like-
1: done, I've already done that. Like I, I, I got a, I got a buddy has a studio at his house. I just, I play the drums, so I'll sit there and play drums, you know? or I'll play the riff to a click and I'll play the drums afterwards or vice versa or whatever. I just do it any way I want. Are, are, like that I dude, I have like a whole freaking nobody knows this until now, but I have like a whole kind of like uh like uh blues and acoustic uh like blues picking type. I have like a whole album basically done, like demoed out. Oh my god, dude, people I do. would love to hear that shit. I, I did it I did it all myself. It's like I mean there's some Stevie Vaughan type shit. There's some like like, you know, southern country picking things and like so, so, you know a couple of like acoustic things, but it's all instrumental. Just, you know.
0: Well have you heard that. of um yeah. Animals as Leaders? Have you ever heard of that band? Yeah. yeah. So it's an abbasi. Like I was kind of like thinking along those lines, maybe not that fucking wild or whatever, but I mean, look how successful he is. I mean, like he's, he's up there with, you know, um, you know, the, the, the bigger guys in the scene right now. I mean, he
1: was, he saw that generation X tour with, with uh, Steve Vai and Zach wild and stuff. I went to that tour. Oh, were they on it? Was animals as leaders on it? No, but Abassi was on it. Oh, okay, Tosten was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, He's just something else, man. Yeah, he's he's got an interesting style, but he's another one of them guys that has that modern guitar tone. That no, you're right. Like, you're all right. You're right. Fuzz. Like, dude, your tone is crispy fuzz. Like, what? What the hell is that? All right. Like, you, you, you know, the guy's talented what enough to just do his own. Shit? Like, yeah. What, what kind of dog shit are you playing through? Like, come on. Like you're, you're a mega player and that's, you're happy with that. That's, that's awful. <laughs> it's probably cause he, well, yeah. he he writes, I don't know if he still
0: does, but he wrote everything, drums, ba- you know, he ran and also recorded it all for animals as leaders. I don't know that he does that anymore, but so maybe that is an excuse he used. I don't fucking know, but I don't understand that, man. I don't know, man. I think, it, I think a lot of it's just uh, a lot of people, and I'm not saying it's about Tosin, but I think a lot of people want that quick meal ticket. That like you said, instant gratification, and they don't want to put in the work or effort, you know, uh,
1: to to just do it themselves. They'd rather take a shortcut. That's 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 the thing, you know. I'm and it, and it maybe it's just me because I'm a weirdo about about um, bands or certain you know certain guitar guys from certain bands that have like a signature guitar tone. You know, I like that about drums too. Like certain guys. Like, you can just tell by how the guy's snare drum sounds, like who it is. Right. You know, right. Like, you know, and that, and I don't know if that's an 80s thing. You know, call me, you can call me old school all day long. I'm kind of, I am kind of old school, but like, there were certain drummers where it's like, you did not even need to hear the band. You just hear that snare drum and you know it's that guy. You know, the guitar tones, you hear one chord and a little riff and you know it's that guy. You know, right. like that. I mean, to me, that's always been part of, you know, part of my musical thing. It's like, you know, I love the, the these dudes' guitar sounds, and I think that, um, or, or this guy's bass sound, or this dude's drum sound, and I think that like finding finding the 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 dudes, you know, uh, finding their sound you know, being in a band and finding everybody's individual sound in the studio and making it work together is, is what gives it that part. It's part of what gives it the unique thing. You know, the writing is a big deal, but having those tones be right. And that those uh, the production of the recording be right is a big deal. Well,
0: I think it goes too
1: into back to what I said at the beginning, like you're kind of
0: a pioneer and you were growing up in the pioneer stages. Right. So this shit was still being figured out. It's all figured out now. And I'm not making an excuse for people that, you know, do, you know, use the tones or whatever, but I think you know, it's just, you know,
1: but it's not figured out because you, because I've played through the modern technology and I would, I would still much rather play through an app because the modern technology doesn't cut it to me. It sounds fake and it feels fake when you're playing. <laughs> you're so, not the first person I've heard say that. So, I mean, you would know more. I don't play guitar. So, you know, So either the new guys are just used to what fake feels like, that they're used to it and they like it better. And that's just how the evolution of like, you know, rock guitar and bass through amps is, you know, I I mean, it's just it's crazy to me yeah well i mean i can
0: imagine like you know growing up in that time period and then writing your own shit stuff like that like i can only imagine how much it frustrates you like me being a vocalist when i hear these people obviously you have that pitch correction and you got to fix some shit when you record vocals but like these people that fucking straight melodyne or auto-tune their voice to sound perfect it makes me want to fucking you know rip my hair
1: out yeah yeah it's it's ridiculous it's like okay yeah you have a perfect production but now there's no life, live. no soul. It's like, do it no, live. There's no more yeah, no organic quality to it. It's just, it's whatever, you know? It's it's, it's a, a sad well state
0: just, for the music scene, man. It really truly is. Not only with this COVID shit, but like just overall as a whole band. I, I, I was primarily a metal booker, right? I book, Dave, I only book rap shows now, man. It's so hard to find a metal band and metal bands in general. Mm-hmm. And ones that are good enough that I'd even fuck with anymore. You know, and, and yeah. it's sad, dude. It's 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 super sad um it, it i mean i dropped out of high school to tour and stuff you know and like i've been doing this almost 16 years and it like it, it's super depressing man because the easy accessibility like back to you know they like the you know the fake sound or whatever well i mean it's like because anybody can go get a beat off youtube or whatever or an instrumental and lay some vocals over it or whatever so like the time and effort that's went into it and the the joy of that and the camaraderie you have having you know other band members I think that's all been lost. I think a lot of that's been lost and it's been pushed to the side because, you know, again, people with that instant gratification, you know, are just like, well, let's do it this way or let's do it this way. Like I feel yeah. like in 20, 20 years, bands will be no more. You know, I, I honestly think that I, I think that the, because I know even from my local area, you know, you're from, you know, Ohio, right. I'm from the same area, man. I'm fucking, I'm from uh, real close to Canton, Ohio. Well, man, there'd be new bands popping up almost every day especially when I first started now, I haven't seen a new band in my area.
1: It's been over a year. Well, here's a, here's a problem too. You know, when we came up, the, the bands that we were emulating, they, not only were they killer musicians, but they were great songwriters too. And over, and over time, the musicianship kind of went by the wayside and the songwriting was still kind of there. Like these bands had hits, but they, played crappy and it you know it didn't matter if they played that good like they they weren't they weren't like real guitar heroes you know what i mean they were right. like they weren't real like monsters of rock like how they were like in the late 70s and, and part of the 80s and stuff like that nowadays it's like you so you got these kids emulating these bands that really aren't that good to begin with no you're so totally right you're, you're totally so, right. so now you're it's now evolution you're yeah it's It's not evolution, it's devolution, well
0: right, okay, yeah, yeah, there you go, I'm it's sorry, yeah, yeah, backwards yeah. whatever,
1: right. whatever word is. <laughs> so yeah it's 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 a strange thing man it it's really bizarre, and and you know what, like I thought about that the other day, like when I heard the news about like Van Halen dying, yeah. it's like it's like, okay, you know it it it's gotta happen, but it's like, man, like we we really are getting older the guys that blaze the trail for all this rock and metal are like a lot of them are gone or the, you know, they're going to be gone in the next like 10 years. You know, they're just, they're all getting older. They're all going to fucking croak. You know, it's, it's um, you know, it, it was, it was a weird thing for me because like, you know, I've been a fan of that dude since I was like 13, 14 years old. Right, you know what I mean? It's um, it's you know, you you know, you know how it is. You feel no, like these people. I, you're, I you feel know, if even though you don't know them, if you have a connection to them because of the music that they've supplied for you and all that stuff. But not only that, like when that dude, when I heard that dude died, it was like, it was like, wow, like there, there's who, like who's gonna be the next guy? Because there's only there's only a couple, you know really kick-ass 80s shred guys that blaze the trail that are still around right and i mean you and, know and, but, but it wasn't like you know just him dying it wasn't like oh my god no more van halen music because like after van hagar started i didn't really care anyway so right. I it's just really about that story
0: and stuff being able to be passed on because once the actual mouth dies to pass that story on now it's all hearsay and it eventually right.
1: dies off you know but it was just like it was it was more than him just dying it was like the the whole organic process of of making like kick-ass rock music it like went away with that guy like like a whole generation of kick-assness like just got washed away well and now too, like these artists but not to, not to bag on like any of the no, new
0: no. stuff. But well, just- dude, these artists have so many writers. Drake, the rapper Drake. He had over 90 writers, bro, on his last CD. 90, 90, 90. He had nine lyricists what? on one song. Nine lyricists yeah, for, on one song.
1: For what? Like dog shit music. Like, yes, come on. that's
0: what I'm saying. I, that's why I tell people. I was like, these people you see, hear and see on mainstream radio and shit like that, they are all actors. They're fucking paid actors. That's all they
1: do. They emulate this what is pretty- written for them. It's it's a it's a factory. I remember like someone was telling me like Drake's got ninety million hits on this one song, and it's like so what? It's it sucks if he's got like you're saying there's ninety writers on Jim. his album. Like what did he yep. do? Like he he's just a marketable person. So well, he was they're, an they're, actor they're before <laughs> that.
0: A real he was a pretty big actor. He was on a big show called DeGrassi prior to him even ever even yeah. doing music at all.
1: Yeah, I remember that. That was so They I were like, was
0: "Oh."
1: Yeah, yeah they like, were like, "Oh, let's uh mm-hmm. let's
0: let's market him this way." I mean, it's like a lot of actors and shit like that. I mean, it's all fucking manufactured garbage, man.
1: Well, and that dude, that dude couldn't sing his way through a wall of wet toilet
0: paper. No, you're right about that. 100%. Thank you for saying yeah, that cuz people like to argue with me about
1: it. I've seen live footage of him where it's like, you know, there's like the soulful parts and it's like the singing is Unbelievably terrible, and he's in a he's in an arena with fifteen thousand. Right, people or they'll or just something.
0: backtrack it, and he'll just let it the car the fucking backtrack sing it for him. You know, it's yeah, it's sad, yeah. dude. Yeah, it's 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 pretty awful.
1: But what are you going to do?
0: Yeah, you no, know? nothing. Well, the only thing I can do, <laughs> especially working with a lot of rappers, is I can educate them on those things and and explain to them that they need to be original. They don't a care, lot of them either. don't. No, you're right, man. I'll talk
1: to hundred and reach through maybe one or two of them that'll listen. You know, I. You know, if I was you, I would book the shows, make my money, and go home. You know, gravy.
0: I've never really Save cared your-
1: about money, but now I kind of do because I have a daughter.
0: But like, yeah. I've, I always, I've, I've, I'm synonymous for this, man. And you can ask anybody that's worked with me. I booked over 60 shows in in 18 months, um, and. Did them all, booked them all, all the flyers, all the booking, ran the shows, ran the door, helped run sound sometimes, ran the stage, everything, man. And every artist that ever played those shows, even if they didn't bring anybody, I'd give them like what I call Taco Bell money or whatever. And you yeah. could tell over that time period of those 60 shows how much the scene was kind of growing in a way because there was initiative. People weren't feeling used. I didn't ever did ticket sales, nothing, man. I've done one show ever in my lifetime where that I put on where I did tickets. And yeah. so – I was creating an, I was creating a musician's market as opposed to a booker's market. And I, I I feel like that's what needs to happen. But at the same time, bookers need to be more transparent with their musicians, you know, and vice versa. But like, I never was about the money, man. Like, I, I mean, I'd always walk away and I always would make sure, you know, everybody was satisfied. Everybody was, you know, happy with what they got or whatever. And, and, you know, maybe in hindsight, maybe I shouldn't have done that because I'd have more than what I have now. But at the end of the day, man, that's how I have a lot of the relationships I have and the reputation, like the podcast before yeah,
1: that. When, when you're straight up and you're cool, like that's that's all you really need to be. But you still got to you still got to get something for your work.
0: No, you know, you're right. You're right. And I'm getting that way. I'm starting to become that way
1: that all goes back to like all the shit we've been talking about with all these shows and all that stuff. And like the way promoters do stuff and all that, like, you know, like the slipknot mushroom head tour and all that stuff. It's like those people, they, you know, it's not that they don't care. They don't think that it would be a great show, but at the end of the day it's got to be about money because there's too much overhead. There's too many people to pay. There's too much, this, there's too much that it's a, it's a, you know, Right. It's an actual yeah. business. It's like, you know, yeah, yeah it, it's it an is, LLC. It. Is an business. And if you got, if you got some kind of act artist or whatever that can put, you know, put asses in a seat or, you know, people in a place, you know, then you, you pay them their money and you make your cut based off of oh, that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I've been that band and, uh, you know, and, and then,
1: and when then you do the it consistently, that's when you can be like, Hey, I want this guarantee. You know, how about the guarantee? Right, you know, work your way up to certain things. It's, you know, it it is a business. Unfortunately, it sucks.
0: No, you're right, man. And 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 but I, the I'm just now starting to treat it that way. You know,
1: the business doesn't have to get in the way of like things being cool and on the level.
0: And no, when you're comes, right, and I thought and, it did.
1: And when it and when it does, and people's egos are out of check, it's it turns into a disaster, and you know, you end up and you end up in a weird place.
0: No, you're exactly right. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, a lot of bands, I was in a band, Ocean's of for you. I mean, we're still kind of together in a way. Anyways, we spawned a bunch of little bands from the area we were from because we were so popular and shit and just like Mushroomhead, right? And they were following, you know, they were younger at the time. And now they're the ones that are like on top of the local area. <clears throat> and that to me was, that that's one of the best feelings in the world. But it also... It also, at the end of the day, it's it's the whole reason that, I mean, I think that any musician does what they do. I mean, any real musician, at least myself, like you, you do this not only for yourself, but you do this to be able to put your art out there again for yourself, but to allow people to relate to you and, and to to find your group of people per se. And, in, and if you can inspire people or, or save someone's life or whatever it may be, I feel like that's worth more than any set amount of money but again you're right I got a kid man like I got to start thinking more business like with it and it's hard for me but I'm getting there man
1: yeah no it it'll be there I mean for me initially getting into this stuff was to just have fun I wanted to, I wanted to have fun I wanted to you know I wanted to rock out with my buddies and have a good time you know the business the business gets in the way of that though it does you know, no you're right you, you know if you're ma- when you're making money, somebody's ego takes over when you're not making money. Other guys are like, you know, they're, they're disenchanted about the whole thing and they just, they don't want to do it no more. So then you got to, now it's another, you know, another uh, run uphill trying to find someone to replace that guy. If you want to keep going, it's just, it's, it's no, never, no, you're been, right. You know, you're right. Like, I'm like, last Go ahead. With, with the No, with the creative thing, it's like, you know. Everybody, we haven't been, you know, there's not much to be done anyway with the COVID thing, but we're all old dudes. We're all in our fifties. So it's not like, you know, we're getting together and drinking and partying and jamming and having a good time. It's, you know, everyone's got like aches and pains and families and all kinds of other crap going on. So it's like, you know, why are we killing ourselves doing this crap? You know? No, no. Right me as a musician like i said i'm sitting on a whole freaking record so i may demo out the whole record and be like hey mike come in you know here here's some tunes do some vocals you know i may i may put out like a five song ep thing or something who knows
0: i I totally would man there's no reason to sit on that shit you know like get it out there you don't who know who's gonna inspire or
1: reach man like for real yeah no I, i i'm making music all the time i got uh I got all kinds of like crazy. Yeah, we'll
0: start wrapping them. this up. Like, what are you up to now? Like, yeah, what are you, what, what are you doing these days, man? You old man. What are you doing?
1: <laughs> well, since I haven't been doing a whole lot of band stuff, I've been working a lot on my technique my just as a musician. So just because um, before Shroom, I did a lot of shredding. So, you know, all kinds of shred techniques and fun stuff like that. And that kind of, um, you know, with working a full time job and playing in 20 bands, you know, before touring happened, like, you know, my uh, my shred technique kind of kind of uh, took a hit. So the past couple of years, I've just been really focused on that. So tons of shred stuff. I've been you hear on. that guitarists,
0: musicians you can never stop learning never never stop getting better
1: yeah yeah it 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 doesn't stop i mean and even when we were touring you know i would go in like i said before i would go in and tech my gear and i would noodle around on guitar sometimes i would take extra guitars and little amp things and i would sit in the front lounge of the bus and shred it up for a little while but um but i've been really on top of it the past the past actually four or five years you know like writing. Criadea's tunes, I, like, for for a new record that we never did. Um, but that and just working on my technique as a musician, like, I, I want to be able to, um, you know, if I ever am, like, sitting there with, like, a Van Halen or an Ingby or a Paul Gilbert or somebody like that, I want to be able to, like, shred with these guys. <laughs> I, I totally get it.
0: Yeah, because even me vocally, I'm still finding my range. And, you know, because I scream and sing – like I was in choir, show choir, all that shit, you know, like, pr- I, like I'm a pretty damn good singer. I'm a good screamer too, you know, but the more I've gotten, the more I'm wanting to getting in more singing and stuff. And I'm still learning, you know, the tones that I can hit and right. things like that. And it, and it, it's, it's so interesting. You know, I think it with music is one of the, f- right. It, does, it
1: doesn't, it, no, it doesn't stop. You you can,
0: you, yeah, it's you, yeah. That's why I was, you just literally took the words out of my mouth. It's so interesting. I think music's one of the few things in, in life that You know, aside from like parenting and shit that you just, you can never learn at all. Like there's always Mm -hmm. something to grow from.
1: You can't. Yeah. So it's like, I, you know, for me, I just want to keep getting better till, you know, till I'm dead. I'm just going to keep getting better. (laughs) You know what
0: I mean? No I, no, I do. I know exactly what you mean. I'm, I mean, I'm the same exact way. Again, I'm more focused on the business side of things, especially this podcast. Cause you know, like even this episode, it's sponsored by three different companies. Uh is one, well, four if you count Spotify, but like I'm on all these platforms now and shit. And I, and I started this for fun, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, long story short, I have a sponsor notice is my legs go numb after being on my feet for 10 minutes. So I couldn't, I can't book right now. That's what I did. I, well, I can't do that. And I was like, fuck, I got to do something for money, right. and, you know, and I'm not making a killing off of this. I, I make pennies really literally, but I, I have the uh, privilege of being able to not have to worry about working necessarily. So like, I'm, I have a kid though. I want to try to ride, but anyways, this is kind of just, you know, snowballed. So here I am doing an interview of, you know, Dave Felton, like holy shit, up, man. you know, it's, it's, it, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy how you just, you know, uh, You just always want to get better at things. Well, I mean, I, I mean, for myself, like, even with this, I just, I want to get better and better at it with questions, and the way I do it and everything, you know, Mm -hmm. that's why I wanted to wait to have you on because I wanted to wait till I was, you know, I felt that I was at least somewhat up to par to be able to properly
1: interview you. Yeah, I know, but sometimes it's cool to just be, to just wing it. You know what I mean?
0: No, you're right. Oh, no, you're exactly (laughs) right. Well, I mean, I literally had notes for this show. I fucking think I used maybe three or four things off of it. And I mean, I got like a whole page of shit here. I'm just like, nah. I don't want shit to be scripted on this podcast. I want it to be more organic. Right. I want the conversations to make themselves. You know? Yeah.
1: No, that's but what that's when you come out with a, like a natural conversation. You know, there has to be an interview aspect to it, but you know, whatever. We're in, right, we're in, right, we're exactly. I, I, that's cool. That's that's natural. You know? I think I think it's better for
0: everybody. Right, it's a better experience for everybody. Right. But with that said, um, I'm gonna let you go i appreciate your time and we'll definitely bring you back again because there's literally i didn't even touch on like half of the shit that i wanted to and i know a lot of other people did (laughs) but thanks again man for your time this will be almost two hours um it will be released what is day? the ninth it'll be out here in a couple hours um and i'll make sure i send you a link but i really appreciate your time and i hope the best for you future uh in music and Definitely stay in touch, dude.
1: Right on. Yeah. uh, Whenever you want to do another one, just let me know. Absolutely. Very cool, brother. I'll be in touch. Thanks again, man. (laughs) You got it.